For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be your dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gonna turn up, but the defense gonna win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm Corey Burton. I'm your host. I got a great guest on here. Uh, He is from Positively Old Miss. You can find him there. Uh, Soon to be uh, a huge channel launch. Uh, It's it's under construction, so it's going to be kind of a uh, under construction type launch, but it, it will be launching and it will be geared up to go full speed. Uh, in 2021. He is Stephen Willis. Steve, how you doing, man? I'm doing quite well. How you doing, Corey? Man, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing great. College, uh, NFL starts this weekend. Uh, college uh, starts this weekend. SEC starts in a couple of weeks. So we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer and closer. So um, it, it's just that time of year, man. And it's exciting. And uh, I'm ready to, I'm raring to go. So um, the show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, your uh, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Steve, uh, when I said I was raring to go, I've done something that I've never done before. I've made some bets. All right, I uh, I made a prop. Really? I made a prop bet on tonight's game. Actually, as we record this, uh, the the Kansas City Houston game, I I, I made a prop bet uh, five dollars that uh, both teams would score uh, over twenty four and a half points. And then um, I also took uh, also took the Bills and the under in their game versus the Jets. So um, I got fifteen dollars out there on the line. So it's going to be a great. Uh, did I make the right bet? Taking the under is always a good good call in this COVID situation. So basically, underdogs are and the under are kind of making hay at the moment. Yeah, and I think I think the Jets are just so bad that they 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 can't. I just don't think they're going to be any good. Um, also, if you head on to Bet Online, uh, there's a th- hundred thousand dollar NFL blackjack uh, tournament. It's a free entry, um, so that's uh, that's cool too. So from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. There's always live tournaments, and of course, uh, blackjack is also my favorite game, Steve. So. Head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Steve, um, 
positively old miss uh let's talk about your site real quick uh let's talk about your your channel um you are uh heavily lean on old miss but um i would consider you just a general mississippi expert so i could i theoretically i could come to you and talk about southern miss the uh what you pat uh, what you uh so i guess uh affectionately call them the mustard buzzards and also uh we'll talk a little bit about mississippi state today um because being in uh in egg bowl country you do know a few things about mississippi state so uh steve talk about your channel yeah positively Ole miss basically what we decided to do a few months back is what when we were shut down from covid and you needed that workspace to be working while people were changing the way that we work. I kind of want to change the information that information gets put out. So basically what we are doing is we are simulcasting all of our stuff on every, just everywhere. And you can see it on the social media that you already go to. So it's not even like a situation where you move to a, office or anything we're trying to get you somewhere it's not like that it's we're coming to you we're the door-to-door salesman of sports information Mm -hmm. and eventually we're going to like next spring go all video all tv and we're going to do graphics and the whole nine yards and basically what we're doing now is a podcast version of that channel we have the palmcast on the positively Ole miss podcast right now that you can listen to it's a little 30 minute snippet per day and we also are going to move on and bring back around the sec which i think Corey is going to be involved in um mm-hmm. with joseph beecham we call him jeb affectionately and we're just going to go over stuff and try and have fun but it's going to be in a place that you already are exactly and uh, I'm, I'm excited about that and uh, around the sec is something uh steve that you and i launched several years back and then some some time got away from us and and so we're gonna we're gonna relaunch that, and, and I'm I'm excited to do it. Um, if you if you really want to know what this channel is all about, you can actually catch me on that channel. Um, I did the boot camp series uh, with uh, with Steve, where we talked about uh, Lane Kiffin's offense. We broke down Lane Kiffin's offense. Uh, we also broke down what the quarterback room, the running back room, the O line, and we broke down all the offensive positions. So, um, it we lumped in the tight ends, I think, with the wide receivers. So, because um, I think it's kind of one in the same, but. Um, yeah, so so get excited about that. Uh, we do have a Mississippi uh, a general Mississippi expert here uh, at our disposal, and you can also find me over there at around the SEC. We'll give plenty of SEC East and dog love um, on around the SEC. So, uh, Steve, uh, part of uh, part of the the oddities of this of this season is is the way the schedule is formatted: ten games, uh, SEC only. Uh, Georgia uh, got half of the Mississippi. Uh, draw they got they got state and not uh not old miss but uh mike leach comes in and uh what do you think he's gonna what impact do you think he's gonna make immediately to the program well i think he's going to have a good impact but the thing that we all have to remember and this goes for old miss this goes for arkansas and this goes for missouri as well they did not have a spring practice they did not have a fall camp they went straight to the 20-hour rule and less practice and so that's going to make it difficult for really any kind of impact to happen this year. That's just the real thing that's going on. Now, with Mississippi State, it starts and stops with two players, and that's K.J. Costello and Colin Hill. Um, they're going to be the focal point of this offense. They have a bunch of dudes at wide receiver, um, but 
I mean, nothing really special. They don't really um, use a tight end. So it's going to come down because they were set up to be a ground and pound team the last forever years. I mean, going back to the beginning of Dan Mullen. So we have a system change. Um, the Mike Leach system will require repetition, and they did not get it. So early in the season, I expect them to be a little bit disheveled. Yeah, I mean, that's to be expected. I think Georgia's offense is going to be disheveled, too, because you have a brand-new coordinator, uh, brand-new quarterback situation, uh, things like that. So um, anytime you don't get a full dose of uh, a full contact practices like you normally would in a normal uh, season, uh, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for a lot of teams. So uh, Kylan Hill, again, there was that there was all that drama, but that has since subsided. Uh, he's going to be a special player uh, for for the Bulldogs. What uh, you know, and knowing what Mike Leach's philosophy is, how much does he involve Kylan Hill? Because this is probably by far the best running back Mike Leach has ever had. Um, Alex Borgie was great, but he is not anywhere near uh, the talent level that Kylan Hill has. I expect him to catch five or six balls a game, honestly. Um, he has been a real surprise with his hands and in the past game usage that they're just kind of excited about it at the moment. Also, another thing, you got K.J. Costello at the top, but fighting for second-team reps is Will Rogers. And I look at this as a developmental season. This is going to be the longest spring practice that you've ever seen. It's going to be a 10-game spring practice. No eligibility lost, no um, consequences consequences for coaches, unless you're Southern Miss. And (laughs) you just have to remember that. There could be a situation where more teams are playing multiple quarterbacks at once because they want to get them reps. They want to get that repetition in, and they just want to move towards 2021 where it actually really counts again. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's the goal for a lot of people, and I think with uh, with the way things are moving, I think you're going to see that. And um, you know, this offense is going to be explosive. I mean, they have uh, I mean they 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 have uh, some guys coming back. Osiris Mitchell uh, at wide receiver, he's going to be he's going to be a dude, and he's going to be kind of like what Mike Crabtree was for for Leach when he was at when he was at Texas Tech. So um, we we know the passing game situation. We know they're going to be tough to stop because. Um, he's got he's dialed in as far as that goes as far as calling concepts things like that you'll see mesh you'll see vertical you'll see uh, all verts you'll see uh, y cross you'll see all the air raid staples that Mike Leach brings to the table and what impresses me the most is that um, you see a lot of these coaches with the with what I call the either the Waffle House menu which is the giant card uh, with little font or the cheesecake menu which is they have like four or five. Uh, of those big long menus uh, with the with the binder rings, I call that the cheesecake factory menu because it's something of everything in there. Uh, but Mike Leach has uh, you want to see his play sheet? That's his play sheet. That's how big it is, right? Uh, it's just a little note card that he occasionally looks at, but he's got it all up here and dialed in. So um, I'm excited to see what what they could do offensively, and I have zero doubts that they're going to be great offensively. Let's look at the defense. Um, what what is State bringing back on defense? Um, and what what are they losing? How how is that going to shape up? This looks like a problem area at the moment. Like as you know, they lost the Fab Lovett and um, the other kid that went to Florida State. I can't remember his name at the moment. 
they were going to be spark starters on this defense. Mm -hmm. So anybody that tells you that it's not a big deal, it, it is a big deal. If you look at this on the defensive line and the linebackers and that, you have youth like um, Emmanuel Forbes at corner, and it's just young. It's just young. That's the best, best way to describe this video. They have to start over. It's a mm -hmm. reset year. And if they lose a lot of games, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball, and the offense is just going to have to carry the day. Now, whether they can or they can't, who knows? Yeah, that's that's to be that's to be determined. Is there any is there going to be any freshmen that 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 jump in on the defense? And we'll we'll talk about Malik Keith here in just a minute. But is there any any freshmen you you foresee? Um, Emmanuel Forbes, which I believe jumped up to the first or second player in Mississippi last year that they signed with, is going to play this year. Um, yeah. He's a six one corner. Him. Yeah, um, but you know you deal with that take those lumps as a freshman. So when he's a junior, he's a stud. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of the way that's set up. It, basically, this freshman that I am hearing the most buzz about from Mississippi State is Will Rogers at quarterback and Tulu Griffin at um, wide receiver. Yeah, and uh, th those those two guys, I mean, obviously, the, the offensive studs are probably going to roll in. Malik Keith is one uh, that also jumps out. He is, uh, you know, he signed – uh, this past December, and uh, you know, six three receiver. Um, again, just just bolstering that receiving core, just to make them even more explosive. But um, you know, just you know, defensively, I mean, this is, this is your year because I mean, it counts, but it doesn't really. Um, so this would be the year if you're going to throw a whole bunch of freshmen to the wolves. Uh, let's do it. And by the time they get to Georgia, a lot of these guys won't be considered freshmen anymore. I mean, they'll be officially considered freshmen, but they won't be as far as game experience. So. They'll be dangerous by the time uh, by the time they roll into Athens. I think in late November, and I think I think it's right before the Vandy game, which is the second to last game of the season uh, for Georgia. So, um, you know, they're going to be dangerous by the time they roll roll through there. The offense will be clicking. I'm sure defense will be defense will be trying to figure it out still, but I think they'll be a lot further along. So, you know, hopefully, if if there's competition with young guys and, and veterans, I think the young guys should win out um, in this scenario because you're you're rebuilding. There's no need to. You know, again, the veterans can play, the the seniors can play. If if, uh, but if if they're not complete difference makers, then why not go with the young guys? Yeah, this is a completely development se de developmental season. Uh, if you treat it differently, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. So uh, let's let's jump over to Georgia, Steve. Um, what? Well, before we do that, really, uh, what are your thoughts on the, the ten game the ten game template? Um, I really like it. If it was if it moves forward, um, mm -hmm. maybe go back to 11 games and go a 10 plus one. I don't think they'll do it. Um, right. I think that it will be nice to go someplace more than once every 12 years or something. Yeah. So I think yeah, they should definitely I like it, but I like the power five games as well. Like we're going to miss Alabama and USC this year. Yeah. You know, we're going to miss, uh, I mean, we're gonna miss Georgia, Virginia. No, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss some of those matchups. I mean, even even outside of the SEC, you you were set to see. Um, I think it was was it uh, Ohio State, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, they were gonna play. Uh, Wisconsin had a big game lined up with somebody. I mean, you're you're, you're gonna miss a lot of these a lot of these uh, interconference games. So, I mean, I'd like to see a nine game um, 
the nine game schedule template with one power five and one uh and one FCS um uh, and then one like group of five uh yeah. schedule. So like you have one from each level, like you have your 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 warm up FCS game, then you have your uh nine conference games and then somewhere in there you have your power five uh non conference and a group of five non conference so that you can promote within uh within those conferences as well. So but I, I like the ten game template this year. I think we've got some great matchups uh, across the board, not just with Georgia, but um, you know, I, I think looking at Georgia's schedule, starting off on the road at Arkansas, that'll be tricky because it's the longest road trip of the year. Uh, you get two back to back home games, Auburn and Tennessee. Great, great games to get at home in in this scenario. Uh, the game that scares the crap out of me, Steve, is the Kentucky game. Kentucky um, on the road right before the bye. That game scares the you know what out of me. Uh, because it it comes on the heels of the Alabama yeah, game. We just we just did our what's yeah, that? We just did our breakdown of Kentucky, and they're they're we just did our breakdown on Kentucky, and their offensive and defensive lines and the players they have coming back off an an already built system is pretty yeah. stacked at the moment. Um, the Terry Wilson coming back, the running uh-huh. backs. I mean, they could be very dangerous, especially towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think if you catch them early. You want to catch him early because Terry Wilson hadn't quite gotten his feet back because he hasn't yeah. gotten the reps. Because, like I said, we no spring, no fall camp. Yeah, and we catch him right in the middle, so you never know what you're going to get. But mm. you know, if Kentucky was able to win ten games without a quarterback at all <laughs> on the roster uh, due to injury, that's pretty impressive. Well, their their big problem is Lynn Bowden is gone because he was not just their not a quarterback quarterback. He was also the wide receivers that took the top off the defense. So you're going to see a lot of teams, if they have no deep threat, compressing down and making them play in that 15-yard box. And that, yeah. that could be bad for them. That could be bad. So they're going to have, to have somebody emerge there. But, um, you know, speaking of Georgia's quarterbacks, um, they had a guy transferred in that was going to be able to take the lid off a lot of defenses. Um, Jamie Newman decides to opt out due to covid uh, we have our theories on on uh, the timing of his opting out. It was after the first scrimmage in which um, he didn't really gain much ground. He didn't lose a ton of ground. He was still kind of in the lead by by a nose, but uh, Daniels and Mathis were were catching on him, and uh, so he decides to opt out. I think he was starting to I think he was starting to lose the grip on the starting quarterback job, um, and uh, whether or not he lost the job or J T Daniels won the job. I don't know exactly how the dynamics of that was playing out, but uh, what are your thoughts on the quarterback situation at Georgia? Who's gonna Who's gonna come out on top? I think it's gonna be JT Daniels because Georgia has Todd Monken at OC and Buster Faulkner as kind of the air raid guru. Yeah, he's the, the he's the quality control. That's my yeah. cousin, actually. So um, really, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I mean, he. I, I spent numerous Christmases uh with him and, and his uh his family. Uh we, we always get together during Christmas. But yeah, he's uh he's yeah, he's a good guy. He's really knowledgeable, been a lot of had had a lot of different experiences. He left the mustard buzzards as O C to come be a quality control for uh yeah. for Georgia. And and my my theory on the Georgia quarterback situation will be that JT Daniels, this offense is made for him. Mm-hmm. Now otherwise they were trying to stick Jamie Newman in it, which is like trying to put Cam Newton in an air raid system. And Cam Newton in an air, isn't an air raid quarterback. Right. So this is probably going to fit 
JT Daniels. It just is. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about the third string guy, but it just feels like it's JT Daniels team. Yeah, I mean, Dewan Mathis is somebody who was committed to Ohio State at one point uh, before the whole Justin Fields fiasco happened. Uh, he decommitted and, and signed with Georgia. It was kind of like a like a trade almost. Uh, so, uh, but you know, Dewan Mathis has a has a quite the journey himself. He uh, he signed, uh, then had a uh, had major brain surgery in which he had to get a cyst removed um, from his brain. Redshirted all last year. Did some scout team work. Actually was able was able to uh, to be on the roster. Was able to dress out for some games, uh, mostly the home games. I, I don't know if he I don't know if he traveled or not, but. Um, he was able to play scout team. He was able to do some scout team work uh, for Georgia, but he had a he had a cyst removed from his brain. Uh, Steve, you had that you had a similar procedure, the the one that Matt Stafford's wife had exactly. Um, so talk about the recovery time, mentally, physically, uh, for for something like that. Just anywhere, I feel like anywhere a cyst on your brain, anytime they anytime they cut in uh, and do surgery on your brain, it doesn't matter where it is. That's got to be quite the recovery time. Yeah, it really is. I'm just. For background, I had an 18-hour surgery to remove an acoustic neuroma um, about last July, um, like shortly after Kelly Stafford went through her ordeals. Hers was a good bit smaller than mine. Mine was about the size of a golf ball, so mm-hmm. it was it was pretty close to life-threatening. But they got it off, and it's fine. But basically, what I need to say is in the recovery. Now, mine was on my balance nerve. That's a little bit different because I'm having to relearn how to walk, how to relearn how to do everything. Um, But the one thing from having that brain surgery, you have a fog that, like, periodically lifts. Um, After a month, it's going to get a little better. After another month, it's going to get a little better. And you can actually get to the point where you can predict that the improvement is going to come. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I can basically do everything. Now I can't do – I don't have half of my balance, so I can't, like, play physical contact sports anymore. But um, I can go out and run. I can go out and do all all that low-impact stuff. Mm-hmm. But him, the first six months after that surgery, is just a gradual getting better um, right. that he has to go through because when you're dealing with your brain, it affects everything. You have no idea what that affects until you realize, till they cut on it. Right. Uh, and just getting better and healing. So um, good for him for getting through it. Um, obviously, it's not something we – wish on anybody to do <laughs> right right and and uh you know you know he was working with dr ron corson uh they probably had a specific plan as far as rehab goes i'm sure he i'm sure he really he really worked hard to get to this point to where he's actually a legitimate contender in this quarterback uh quarterback battle and uh i think the odd man out is going to be carson beck uh carson beck is still really raw uh he was a four-star quarterback coming out of jacksonville um but then you know then again i think everything's gearing up towards um towards Brock Vandegrift. I think Brock Vandegrift is going to ultimately win the job uh, next year when he comes in. He's a high school senior right now, number one quarterback in the country. Um, when I say dual, when I say dual threat, he's just a, he's just a threat. You know, he could do it all. Um, and he's one of those that, you know, like Justin Fields can fit into any offense. I mean, I, I don't believe that Justin Fields wasn't a right fit for Georgia's offense. He's a right fit for anybody's offense. Um, it, I just don't think they developed him correctly. I don't think they developed him well um, and I don't, I don't think that they that they 
allowed him to really to really flourish and and really kind of understand some things. And he struggled. He struggled his freshman year. I mean, what fre- there's a lot of freshmen that struggle. That's that's not abnormal. But I, I just don't think they allowed him to take that next step. I don't think they allowed Jake Fromm to take that next step even. Um, and and that's kind of why you saw him either stuck in the mud or or, or actually slightly regressing. So. Um, but I think the quarterback situation is going to be better. I think the coaching is better between Monken, who's the on-field quarterbacks coach, and then Buster Faulkner, who's also a quarterbacks guy, uh, going to be working with in that room um, as kind of a film guy or wh- whatever his role is as quality control. He will have his hands on developing quarterbacks. So, um, but that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I think I think uh, JT Daniels is going to win it. Yeah. Do you think there's any kind of a disconnect? between the type of quarterbacks they're recruiting and the type of offense they're going to run? Uh, there was, I think. Um, I, I think that's going to change. Um, you know, they, they got Brock Vandegrift. Uh, they've got the air raid system. And, and Monken's a little bit more of a chameleon uh, than just – I don't think he's stuck in the air raid. I just think sometimes his personnel dictates that, and he's okay with that, and he's comfortable with that. But I think he's more of a chameleon than, than most of your air raid guys. Uh, but, yeah, they're – there has been a disconnect because I th- I think you bring in, you know, you bring in Justin Fields to to a ground and pound offense. I mean, you know, he can fit that offense definitely because he's that talented. But I mean, is it really the best fit? No, probably not. Um, and and he came obviously, but uh, you know, he just I guess he realized it wasn't wasn't a great fit. But um, you know, I think they've moved forward with some of the staff changes to to further bridge that disconnect. Okay, and. Um, in the East, now I'm the Mississippi expert, but in the East, um, Florida's number two. Who's your number three? My number three might be Kentucky, honestly. Um, I, I think defensively they're they're strong, especially up front. Uh, they've got a quarterback now. we got to see what kind of receivers uh, they've got. But, you know, uh, I did a show with Vinny Hardy, um, who does the Believe in Kentucky uh, podcast with Tony Delk. Um they uh we talked we talked to him and and he was you know he was just gushing about their running game he was he was not worried about their quarterback situation loved their defensive line so i mean i honestly i i think they're the third best team in the east right now i think uh tennessee is right up there um i mean tennessee and kentucky might even overtake florida to be honest with you um but i i think you're starting to see some teams that are on the rise that they're, they're just aren't quite there yet like tennessee i think is is in that category uh, Vandy, Vandy's Vandy, Mizzou is Mizzou, uh, but I think your I think your top four are Georgia, Florida, uh, Tennessee, and Kentucky. Um, and however you want to however you want to order that is up to you. But I think Kentucky is is is, is a sleeping as a potential uh, sleeping giant because they're taking they're starting to take football seriously. Okay, and I believe South Carolina, yeah. um, Vandy, and Mizzou at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I just you know it just. Muschamp is a you know he he's he's a dead man walking at this point as far as his job goes. I mean he hired Mike Bobo and that'll help, but I just think it's I you know their roster is just not good um, and they're just I, I don't know what I don't know what's happened. They lost a lot of guys and they're just they're just not they're just average. That's what they are. And and Mizzou is um, you know we're, we'll see what they have with Eli Drinkwitz, but I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that. Um, I, I don't I, I think Eli Drinkwitz is is a good group of five head coach. I don't know if he can handle the rigors at the SEC. And then Vandy's Vandy. They just they don't take sports seriously at all. Maybe maybe baseball is about the only thing they take seriously over there. But um they they need they need a lot of help. And I don't know if Derek Mason's the right guy for the job. 
Yeah, and, and unfortunately, like I said, this with this being basically a 10-game spring practice, there's not going to be many consequences for the end of the season. So if you're stuck right. with a coach and didn't make a move last December, you're stuck with him until two Decembers from now. Yeah, I mean, because you you can't you can't fire anybody uh, based on what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be unfair. But in the SEC, the SEC is the SEC. So, I mean, maybe you can. I don't know. Um, maybe if if Will Muschamp goes zero and ten in this ten game schedule, okay, maybe you know if they get blown out every week, maybe okay, we 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 got to make a change. Um, but I just don't see a whole lot of movement. I, I think you're right there. So, um, then you look at the West and. You know, it's there's a lot of new faces in the West. You know, you got Leach, Kiffin, um, in in the state of Mississippi. You got uh, Sam Pittman at Arkansas, which you want to talk about a tall order. Holy cow, uh, that's a tall order um, to, for him to rebuild that program. Um, you know, you've got Malzahn on the hot seat. He's not a new face, obviously, but you got Malzahn that's on the hot seat. They tried. They've been trying to fire him for two years. They just it's just too expensive. Uh, you got Saban who could retire at any minute, but I think he's I think he's so maniacal and and just so into it that he, you know, he might die on the field because he won't retire, uh, which, I mean, he's earned that right. And then you have uh, Jimbo Fisher, who is just making a ton of money to be average. I don't know. Texas A&M just throws money at things. I don't know if they really even evaluate what they're throwing money at, but um, I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe, maybe you can help me with, with that. I don't know. Uh, Georgia doesn't play him, so it doesn't matter. Um, but we'll, we'll see what they got this year, so... Uh, then Ed Orgeron, poor Orgeron, man. Uh, he he got decimated. Now, I know you have your opinions about Orgeron, but uh, you know that guy. Last one, yeah. Last one out, cut the lights out. Exactly. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, he, he's going to be. Mm-hmm. He's. Gonna, I mean, it's like a junior college uh, situation there, where you lose half your roster. It's crazy. Um, and it's crazy to happen in a place like that. But I mean, yeah. he's got he's got five star. He'll be fine, but not this year. But that's okay. So he he'll be fine whenever he can get a quarterback. Until then, he's going to be in trouble because so you, Miles Brennan probably is not that guy. Probably not. No, probably not. I, I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, who did he get? He signed somebody really good, and they'll probably be playing. Honestly, uh, I forget who it was um, that they signed. Big big name quarterback. So if if yeah, if you could do a normal camp and. There's a chance that a freshman quarterback can play. The fact that they're so limited on reps, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't yeah, know. That just gets tricky. So, um, well, speaking of reps, limited reps. I mean, you got a a, a Georgia wide receiving core that got decimated. Uh, Dominic Blaylock tore his ACL. He was supposed to be the number two guy. He's an explosive type receiver that can take a take the lid off the defense and and relieve some of the pressure that's going to be on George Pickens. I mean, we all know what George Pickens uh, has to offer. Uh, but what 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 else in that Georgia receiving room? I mean, you got Kyrus Jackson, who's a good slot receiver. Uh, we don't know anything about him because he you know he was injured all last year. Uh, you got Matt Landers, um, who just seemed to have the worst luck of all time. Uh, then you have uh, then you have three talented freshmen: Jermaine Burton, Marcus Roseme, and Arian Smith. Who Arian Smith is actually um, on the shelf right now. So. Um, you, you know, you're kind of limited in that wide receiver room. So it's going to be a lot of 11 personnel. I've heard a lot of good things about the new tight end, Darnell Washington. They call him Big O because he wears number zero. That's a, that's a new rule. You can wear number zero. So I that's talk the about, kid from Vegas, right? That's the kid from Vegas. He he looks like LeBron James. Mm. Um, 
Like he's 6'8", 250. I mean, he looks like LeBron James. Probably runs like him and jumps like him too, hopefully. That would be awesome. Um, but, to, to, you know, talk about the skill positions, what you know about the skill positions or what you see from from your perspective on, on that. I, I think um, the best thing is getting that running back off campus. He was special. He was unbelievable. Um, what was his name? I can't – it's gone. Darnell Washington? No, the running back from last year. Oh, DeAndre Swift? Point, yeah, that's playing for the Lions now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It just yeah. skipped my mind. The good thing, honestly, is getting that kind of a special running back off campus. Now, Zaire White is a good back, but he's not DeAndre Swift at the moment. Right. The best player on that offense is probably George Pickens. Yeah, or James yeah. Cook. I think either one of those two. Uh, James Cook is mm. – he. Yeah, you want to talk about a player that's been misused is James Cook. Um, you know, they, they, they haven't figured out a way to use him. I think Monken will. Uh, but, yeah, Pickens. Yeah, talk about Pickens. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. Reminds me a lot of Laquan Treadwell when he was Ole Miss before the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he's going to go up. He's going to win 50-50 balls. He's going to out-physical defenders, and he's going to run by you. He's, he is really a triple-threat wide, wide receiver and probably the – Probably the most talented, talented in the league that is playing this year. That Jamar Chase opted out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, he's got every bit of attitude too um, about him, and, and that's that's what you need to spark your team. So, um, you know, defensively, have have you seen a defense that's as scary as Georgia's? They have a chance to be like the old Alabama defenses that would just constrict you. Mm-hmm. They they have they have a chance to do that. And it, if they can hit that and only need to score 20 points on offense, it doesn't really matter. But then you had add JT Daniels, Zaire White, George Pickens, Darnell Washington on the offense. They're going to hit that 20-point plateau and means that means they're going to win most every game. I mean, there's no getting around that. Yeah, I mean, they have – I mean, what, what's scary is if they can match the offense with the defense, they have they – have, I think five NFL guys on that defense and five, you know, day one, day potential day one, day two guys, um, probably a lot of day two guys, to be honest with you, a lot of second rounders, but um, I don't know. Richard accounts a fringe first rounder, but um, most of those guys are late day two guys, probably um, maybe yeah. Monty Rice will offense, make a roster. Yeah. If the offense matches the defense, it's a national championship team. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's LSU ridiculous. for last year, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got somebody, you've got a playmaker at every 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 position. Room, you've got Richard LeCount at safety. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- one thing about Richard LeCount is, I I think honestly, he's not he's not flashing. That's going to kind of hurt his draft stock because he doesn't make spectacular plays because he makes potentially spectacular plays look routine because he has great natural instincts, he has good ball skills, he has good anticipation that he's just there and and it looks like a basic tackle. But what you don't see is uh the the I guess what his read dictated him uh, to do, and he's just there, Johnny on the spot. Uh, Eric Stokes, to me, uh, I don't know if you know much about Eric Stokes, but uh, the guy is a, is a human blanket, and uh, not many not many balls were, were completed on him uh, at all uh, last year, and, and he, he's kind of one of those guys that could be a sneaky uh, earlier rather than the later draft guy. Um, you know, Aziz Oshilari is going to get after the uh, quarterback, but uh, I want you to watch this clip, um, and it's uh, it's Jalen Carter. He's a freshman defensive lineman. He takes our senior center, who's probably going to get drafted, 
um, probably a day three draft guy, uh, probably a fifth rounder. Um, that's kind of where most of these offensive linemen go. They make the team. Uh, Solomon Kinley's a starter. I think he got drafted in the fourth round, maybe a fourth, fifth round by Miami. He's a starter now for the Dolphins at guard. Um, so Trey Hill is going to be kind of probably at that same mold. Uh, but he got absolutely dominated by a freshman. And this freshman's not, I mean, he's, he's a freshman uh, officially on, on the roster, but he, he's not he's not a freshman. His name's Jalen Carter, defensive lineman. I think he's going to be one of the rising stars. Then you have Lewis Seen, um, who if you watch his bowl game, Steve, he, he hits like Thomas Davis used to hit. I mean, he's he's an absolute hammer back there at, at safety. So uh, he's going to, he's a great, great compliment to, to uh, Richard LeCount. So what, you know, what, what players stand out to you? Um, just kind of looking from the outside in. What 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 players stand out to you? Um, honestly, I don't know too much about the defense other than the fact that as a unit, I mean, this is just pure fan stuff talking. Um, mm-hmm. As a unit, they're very cohesive. Yeah, they look they look like um, Alabama's defense from ten years used to look, um, and obviously that is no surprise. So. Basically, if they if they got a nose, it, it sounds to me like they've they got, got a two nose. of them. They yeah. got two yeah. of them. Jordan Davis is is the uh, the veteran starter. Yeah, uh, if they if they have that, you can Terrence Cody this defense a little bit, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the rest of them get better, and they can just cascade. And his whole goal with his defense is play man coverage all over the field, have a safety back so you can't get beat over the top and force you to play within that 15-yard box. Mm-hmm. And he has better athletes than you. So if they, he can force that, you're in trouble. So that's why the corners are so important. That's why the safeties are so important. And mm-hmm. also it's why the linemen and outside linebackers have big sack numbers because those corners are – blanketing everybody and the safeties are over the top so nobody can make that throw so the quarterback holds it a little longer and next thing you know it's second and 15. Yeah exactly and uh no I mean you hit the nail right on the head I mean they they force you to play within that 15 yard box they, they may not play man every every snap they they play some some zone uh, combo coverages like cover seven cover five things like that um but they do play a lot of cover one because uh, Richard LeCount's so so good sideline to sideline I mean He's not Ed Reed, obviously, but that's that's big shoes to fill. But he he's good. Um, he can do that. They have a. I mean, I, I think they have, and and what what benefited them um, before I get to that is that they rotated. I think twenty five people um, throughout the defense last season. So you've got you may lose a bunch of starters, but you have guys coming that have experience playing. So the only the only thing they have to do is learn how to start a game, which. You know, that's tough in and of itself, obviously, but uh, they, it's not as big of a concern now because those guys have experience. But they have, I think they have one of each type player. Like, they have their Terrence Cody with Jordan Davis. Um, they have, you know, they have their, I guess, their C.J. Mosley. Um, they have, you know, a good, they have a great downhill inside linebacker that's that's just a hammer against the run game. The other inside linebacker is more of a sideline-to-sideline guy. That's that's N'Kobe Dean. Uh, they have uh, Nolan... Nolan Smith is the other outside linebacker. He's more of your space guy. Uh, your your play the play the edge, play the play the drop zone over there. You have Azizo Zolari, who's great against the run. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what they how they refer to all these players. I think one's a Jack and one's a Bandit. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, but I think the Jack is the one that plays against the run and, and rushes the passer as, uh, from the outside linebacker. 
uh, perspective as a primary responsibility, and that's that's Ojolari. You have uh, Trayvon Walker, uh, Malik Herring as your ends. Those guys can, you know, if they really needed to get pressure with three, those two guys can can provide great pressure off the uh, off the edges from the four technique or inside shade of the tackle, which is a four eye. Uh, they play a lot of what they call mint front, Steve, um, where they, you know, I'll I'll get to that in just a second. I'll ask your opinion on that um, as far as um, as far as scheme goes. They have a great they have great lockdown corners. Uh, you know, Stokes is a great man corner. Uh, DJ Daniel uh, is a great zone corner. They have a they have a hitting safety. They have a, a free safety that roams the field that plays good sideline to sideline. That's also physical. So they have they have something of every skill set out there, and that's what makes their defense so good. Uh, and and there, it allows them to play different schemes, and it allows them to condense the line of scrimmage. So they call it they call it the mint front, which is uh, I don't know why they call it the mint front, but it's it's a tight 3-4 front where you have your nose and then you have your two defensive tackles or your ends or however you refer to them as um, inside uh, the tackles on the inside shade, sometimes even three techniques on the guards um, with those guys. That, but most of the time they're in that B gap. And then you have your linebackers play, uh, play scrape, downhill scrape from B to C. Uh, over the top, and then then you can do a lot of different things with with your backers and your and your coverages. So what do you what do you, what what challenges does that bring uh, to to offenses? What why why are you starting to see that trend with with the uh, with the tight defensive lines and an odd front? Well, I think the basically in the three four it's basically become a five man front because both of the outside linebackers are now glorified ends. Mm-hmm. Um, they can run like at Ole Miss. Sam Williams is play an outside linebacker at 265 pounds and running a 4-4. That's I mean, and, and it's, it's not fair to the level that they're going. So, in my opinion, what Kirby is going to do, now there's going to be little things in that, but the basic thing is basically play a little two-man. There's not a really a running quarterback other than Terry Wilson at Kentucky that can eat him up. He's got KJ Costello at Mississippi State. He's got um, Mac Jones, who's not a runner at Alabama. What's the other two? Um, yeah, um, Bo, Bo Nix is Bo not Nicks a is threat a, to run. He, he's kind of a threat. He's more he's of a, a threat runner. than the other guys. He, he's kind of a runner. Not not yeah. total, He's not he's not run primarily, but he he's a guy that can that can run. He's he's the only one that scored a rushing yeah. touchdown on Georgia last year. Okay, and, and Felipe Franks at Arkansas. So that this is really positioning itself to be kind of a two-man situation to create that 15-yard box and um, force the quarterback to hold the ball a little bit longer than let those outside linebackers do what they do and just kind of um, handle everything. It's, it's mm-hmm. a very much an Alabama 2010-type defense. Yeah, It's all set up, even yeah. the schedule. Yes, the schedule is definitely set up. I if we if you can make it through the gauntlet of the first five games, um, which I consider Arkansas in that gauntlet because it's a long road trip and it's uh, it's the first game for an offense that's never really played together um, in in many live situations. So who knows? Um, but it's gonna be set up to be. I mean, obviously defense is gonna gonna rule the roost for for the dogs this year. Offensively, is gonna have to kind of figure it out, um, figure out a way to. Uh, Figure out a way to scheme George Pickens opens. I, I here's my goals, and, and you can agree, disagree, whatever uh, from your perspective. But the the goals uh, for the offense is get Pickens the ball, get him open, get him in space, get him over the top, get him um, in some open zones in the middle. Okay, 
Use James Cook all over the place. Uh, use James Cook as your primary weapon. Uh, he's somebody that can do. Uh, he can run between the tackles. He can catch jet sweeps, and he can do uh, screens, and he can even run routes as a receiver, um, as a fourth receiver if they want to go a ten personnel type look. It'll be it'll be twenty personnel in a ten personnel formation probably uh, with with a lot of that stuff. Uh, they can go empty with with James Cook um, in the game, and they and not lose anything. So. Get James Cook and Pickens the ball. Feed the offense through them. Uh, figure out what Washington can do for you. Figure out who the other supporting receivers are going to be. Get these freshmen up to speed. Uh, the offensive line, solve the right tackle situation. I think Jamari Sawyer is going to be uh, the next the next big uh, drafted guy out of uh, off that offensive line. I think he's a day two guy. He's just like Isaiah Wynn, if not more athletic than Isaiah Wynn was. Uh, but Jamari Sawyer has played – Inside at guard, he's played at tackle. He's played just about every spot except center, um, and he's good universal offensive lineman. So that's it's going to be, you know, find find a way to filter the ball to Cook, find a way to filter the ball to Pickens, uh, let everybody else kind of figure it out and and try to survive. Um, you know, let your defense carry you. Don't be afraid to punt. Okay, punting is okay when you're Georgia. It may not be okay if you're Tennessee. It may not be okay if you're. It's definitely not okay if you're Vandy. Uh, may not be okay. If you're Tennessee, but it's okay if you're Georgia because your defense is nightmarishly good, and just let your defense do its thing. Uh, don't put them in bad spots. Take care of the football. Score 24 to 31 points anywhere in that range. That should be enough to win most ball games on, on this schedule. And uh, let's just get through the season and try to gel as, as you go offensively. So, um, is that a, is it, do you feel like that's a pretty good plan? Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of three-level triangles between Pickens, Washington, and Cook. Yeah. Now, I, think, I so. think it's going to be set up to where the linebackers can pick their poison and put them in conflict. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk Ole Miss a little bit. Um, you know, positively Ole Miss, you are uh, Ole Miss expert first, Mississippi expert second, and the rest of the conference third. So let's talk about uh, Miss Ole Miss is going through a similar uh, quarterback situation. Uh, John Rice Plumley and Matt Corral. We we talked um, back in the spring as far as uh, all of that situation goes. We broke down the quarterback room. I think um, not sure what's going on. Maybe injuries are taking part, but we, you know, I I think we may have read that wrong. I don't know what what's the deal there. Well, um, currently Matt Corral has a slight lead apparently, and we preface this with as probably is the case at Georgia, we've seen next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, John Rice Plumley ha- got a little nick on a hamstring, missed the last scr- scrimmage, um, but that's okay. They also set out Elijah Moore and um, Jerry Neely just to prevent them from getting hurt. But Corral has the tools to be the starter. There's nobody is doubting that. Nobody is thinking that – you know, he can't do this job. He can't win this job. He should be the favorite because he has all the tools. The problem with him is decision-making. The problem with him is, I don't want to say swag is too important, but um, we're in a situation where he would improvise plays from Rich Rod last year. Even on the last drive, the big fourth and 25 play against Mississippi State, he called his own play. You can't do that with Lane Kiffin. That's a red flag. And this last season or this last scrimmage with without Elijah Moore and Jaron Ely, he was at 10% on third down. 
and four had four turnovers and this is with an offense that is dominated to this point so is he that dependent on Elijah Moore um and Jerry Neely is JRP the real reason that the offense was moving earlier we don't know right and and you probably won't know um until yeah. until you get in there is it is going to be a situation where um multiple guys play throughout the season or multiple guys play throughout the first games i i, I think I'm expecting to see multiple quarterbacks just because they might win a job, but you need the reps in the season. Like I said, this is like a 10-game spring practice. Yeah. So if you're not getting the reps and you're not distributing them, then your players aren't getting better. This is, a, this is the fastest way to improve depth of your football team than the history of college football because there are no consequences unless you're Southern Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe South Carolina. Um, yeah. If uh, – you know, I, I think, are there any freshmen that at Ole Miss that are standing out throughout practice? Is there any freshmen that, that you see that are just developing at a rapid pace? Um, Henry Parrish, the running back, is fighting for third string reps already, maybe second string. He's been apparently really special. Mark Britt actually moved over to defense last week because COVID decimated that room, mm-hmm. and he is – um, he, he immediately moved up to the starting position oh, wow. in that position. So those are two players that are kind of stepping up at the moment. Cade Renfro, the quarterback out of Texas, is probably running fourth or fifth string at the moment. But they were so young to begin with, it's hard for the people to move up the step chart. Yeah. Unless they're, like, really special. Yeah. I mean, it's just a different scenario, different, different yeah. circumstances. So. Um, cool. Well, uh, I, I think, um, you know, we, we broke down Lane Kiffin's offense. Is, is a lot of that stuff still holding true? Is it, you know, are, are we starting to kind of see a trend of, of what he's doing or do, are we seeing enough information really to know kind of where he's leaning? I think it's leaning to where it was the UAB game last year at FAU more than the Jason Driscoll offense. Right. Now, now it's all the Baylor system and they're all doing the same thing but the priorities within it are a little bit different. So yeah, I, mean, I think he wants to do the um, the FAU 2019 offense as opposed to the FAU 2017, even though Jerry Neely is a dead ringer for Devin Singletary and can do a lot of the same thing. Yeah, I think so. And I, it's, it's going to be exciting to watch and, and kind of see what – I'm interested to see kind of how that um, ball control Baylor – uh, style goes uh, when you when you blend two concepts um, in those uh, in, in one offense, it's usually pretty good. I think Lane Kiffin does a good job of that. Of you know, I call it being a chameleon, but um, I think he does a good job of blending and mixing uh, different uh, different things and mixing them seamlessly. Because sometimes people mishmash things and it doesn't work because I don't think they really truly know how to how to interconnect those things. But I think Lane Kiffin's somebody who does. Uh, Todd Monken is somebody who does, and that's what Georgia needs. It's finally somebody who can do those type of things. Now, I haven't had that really, uh, and I think Kirby is. I think Kirby's going to realize throughout the course of the season he can just he can just stand back and watch and and let let Monken do his thing. And I don't think he I don't think he paid Monken whatever he paid him one point six to to come in and and uh, take orders. So, um, but uh, so Steve, uh, at Positively Ole Miss is that where we can find find you? Yeah, we we don't have a really a location on the web. You can follow us on your Apple Podcast. You can subscribe at YouTube. You can join our Facebook group. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, we're kind of 
wanted to put this wherever you are. All right. So there you go. If you need a lot of information on Ole Miss, there you go. Um, if you if you are a uh, if you are a dog that that kind of uh, takes in Ole Miss as your second favorite team, um, go go check out Steve. Uh, go check out his stuff. He does a lot of great work. Um, I wouldn't have got I wouldn't have jumped on his channel um, and helped him out if I didn't think he if I didn't think he did. Um, but he he does he tremendously is going to be driving uh, a lot of good content and uh, genuinely going to be driving a lot of content and it's going to be uh, great solid uh, information all for free. And I think you're going to get uh, a great podcast. I think you're going to get some great video uh, video uh, elements coming out of uh, coming out next season um, as as he builds. Um, like it, like I said, like you said, this is a ten game spring uh, that goes for us too. You know, this is a, this is a spring season for me um, on on this Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. Um, you know, this is going to be one of those where we build it and really gear up to be full steam ahead uh, by next fall. So. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited the direction this podcast is going. I'm excited for Steve. I think he's getting some momentum with with Positively Ole Miss. I think you're starting to see him uh, live stream some stuff. So that's going to be really good. Uh, then uh, I'm also excited for, excited for my bet. Our partners at BetOnline.ag um, have provided us an opportunity. Have provided me an opportunity to uh, to to do some do some things that I enjoy doing uh, in my once uh, every four year trip to Biloxi uh, to go to a casino. So. Um, that it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I like playing blackjack. That's my favorite table game. Um, and they have that. So, um, a lot of good things happening. Um, uh, you know, Mississippi state, uh, they're going to be scary on offense. That's not surprising with, with who they have as head coach, uh, defensively, they're going to have to figure some things out defensively. They're going to have to figure out who, who can do it, uh, versus what they can do. It's going to be more personnel based, uh, problems and scheme based stuff. So they'll, they'll get that stuff figured out. So that's our loose preview on uh, Mississippi state. So, with that, for Steve, for Steve Willis at Positively Old Miss, uh, I'm Corey Burton, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you, and go dogs. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.